you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the League Podcast pays its fines with straight cash, homie. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hammonds. I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How are you, buddy? Happy Monday. It is a, it is a happy Monday. Does it feel like Monday to us? Does We've been having happen? fun. It's been it's a not, fun day at the office. I'm so happy if you're a hip-hop fan. Why? What happened? DJ Easy Rock died over the weekend. Who's that? From Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, one of the ten greatest songs in hip hop history. It takes two mm. oh. to make a thing go right. <laughs> the Gen Xers like love our podcast for these reasons. When Wes chimes in with the pop culture, that was I don't. Know, Wes and I are the same age, and in, in, in our high school years, a staple at. Mm. Any sort of high school event, not just dances, <laughs> but it would get blasted out over the lunchroom and other things. Is that it possible, because you've been writing a lot of tributes lately, that the ATL account will have one for Easy e who I thought had already passed away DJ in the Easy Rock, different guy. Oh. Not the same yeah. guy. Oh. I want to put together a greatest hits of Wes singing on the podcast. This would make it. Uh, also, there was the Usher performance that you came up with. <laughs> Iconic. That was great. Um, by the way, guys, not to get off, and all due respect to the great, DJ Easy DJ Rock. DJ Easy Rock, who uh, knew how to rock a really microphone. Really gets short shrift because everyone thinks of Rob Bass when that song comes on. Yeah, I know. It happens all the time. <laughs> uh, is it okay if we move on with football elements? Yeah. It feels weird show. in light of what Wes just brought up. But Okay, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so the draft is 10 days away. How about that? Getting I didn't know that until you told me. You're you're going to New York this weekend. Mark's going to be joining you soon after that. I mean, it is here. The ATL team will be represented in New York, in Manhattan. And uh, Mark will be staying in New York under an assumed name at a Midtown hotel because the fame has hit special levels since you crossed the uh, 15,000 marker on Twitter. 
It is a uh, a particular nuisance, but it's the territory that we're in. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna continue talking about the draft all week, as you as you would assume. I mean, what else are we gonna talk about? It's not like the NFL world is spinning out of control right now. Basically, it's this weird. There's a weird vibe going on if you cover this league. Because everybody's under under the impression that the draft should have happened this past weekend. And now we're all kind of in this malaise where we need to get to next Thursday. So it's just like this weird in-between quantum leap thing where you're in the space-time <laughs> continuum floating. Nice use of malaise. Thank I think you. the malaise is over. The malaise was the last couple weeks. Speak now that yourself, Greg. Now that we're close enough, seriously, though... That it's next week and we can you're leaving this week. It's like, all right, we can just get down to it and then it's almost over. I think you're suggesting that maybe this would have been a time for Dan not to be sunk in a malaise, but to have been <laughs> yes. studying and preparing right. for the draft. Start stepping your game up. Please. Revitalized. Okay. <laughs> no, that message sent. Message sent, and it's uh, very clear. So we're going to get into um, – we're going to talk about the first round specifically of the draft uh, a little later and talk about what some surprises that we potentially see in store – uh, next Thursday at Radio City Music Hall, we're going to dip into the mailbag. We did a little call out uh, earlier Monday for some questions. We got some good ones, so we're going to dip into that. But before any of that, the gold standard behind the glass. How are you, buddy? I'm feeling great, thanks. Had a great weekend. I'm sure you did. A lot of soccer. <laughs> a lot of soccer. You're wearing a cricket shirt today. I noticed Boom. the difference. You got it. I did. There you go. And... Um, you know, Zach. There will be no. There will no be no love letters written to you. There will be no callers. This will be strictly about football. All right, I believe you. I, uh, you know, I hate to just jump in here, but I'm looking at our Twitter feed, and someone just sent in something for the ATL mailbag. As you're talking, this is from Shadowy League Figure, uh-oh. which has turned into a great uh, Twitter account. And he says, "Does the gold standard make it a point to talk about everything but the NFL on his Twitter feed?" Ooh, I'm gonna throw answer in, that. Hey, if. If the people want it, I'm throwing in some football talk. Let's Please, do it. Please, let's do it. I think people – because you've said yourself that you've gotten many followers from the podcast now. Those people, I just not to break to you, they're not coming to you now thinking that they're going to get cricket. <laughs> they're going to. They're thinking they're going to get some mirth and some Half NFL talk. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm there. I'll, you know what? I'll uh, As we get closer to the draft, I'll start throwing some gems in there. Cool. Don't change you. Still be you. Just but then add some. Think spice. that you have. You, there's now some responsibility on your Twitter feed. All right, I like that. All right, why don't we do some news? Let's it's like we're that. accomplishing things this is today. Good. No, no, no. We've worked through a lot. Here. I learned about a, a dead hip hop star of the early '90s. I was told I have to step my game up. Zach knows he has to step his game up. Everything's flying. All right, let's do some news then. <laughs> All right. Browns general manager Ray Farmer spoke to the media today. Johnny Football came up, as you can imagine he would, for a team in need of a quarterback. Uh, Farmer praised Manziel as an exciting electric player and said he's different. Mark Sessler, you were uh, tracking that press conference both uh, as it was happening and also along on Twitter. What did you take out of it? And he did say that. And, you know, certainly he also praised him as a, a in terms of character, said he had absolutely no reservations after meeting with him last week. But I thought, you know, Cleveland and Wes had written about this in the past. We all did that under Lombardi. It looked like they were heat seeking Johnny football, that, that that was clear, clearly a target unless it was a total smokescreen dating back for a year. But under Farmer, I, I'm just not convinced that he's the guy that they're looking for. He said that. He, he said of Manziel, he's not the quintessential guy who everybody points to and says, this is how 
you would draw it up. This is the packaging you'd want. There have been whispers that they're looking for a different type of quarterback to come into an AFC North team and play in the cold weather. So we'll see. Maybe that means that's exactly what they're doing at number four. I'm not, I'm not sold. Mark, you know, you and I have spoken about this privately, and I've talked about it on the podcast too, that I think that Menzel is the perfect guy to finally take a shot in this guy and lift them out of their collective malaise since they entered the league in 1999, Wes. Touche. Four points. Um Aren't you going to be a little disappointed? Be honest with me, Mark. If when the when the time comes and and somebody else takes him off the board, potentially, if the Giants, uh, if the Browns passed on this chance, yeah, I think if you're if any time you've followed a team for decades where they don't have that quarterback, it feels like a big chip to pass on and just say we're going to take. Hey, by the way, we're going to take a guy who's going to play right tackle because he's right. really solid. <laughs> Which I mean, it's in play for them potentially. I think it's a high it's a high ceiling in a potential disaster, Manziel. Yeah, you but know? it's a ballsy, seismic-type right. move that this franchise, I feel like they need to take a chance, and he would be the perfect guy. You know, it doesn't come around a lot. Hard to disagree. You'll end up following Johnny Manziel now, rooting against him if the Browns don't take him, because if he turns out to be this legend, I just know the math of when you're rooting for a team like that. Then it becomes like, we could have had him this whole career. That's all you'll be thinking, watching him. He'll wind up in New England. Ooh, that would could, be fun. He could galvanize the factory of sadness. Well, I think that that that, that the there factory is... workers will be very just gleefully right. going about their business because it takes you a le- factory of sadness. <laughs> Should have known that Sorry, was coming. I, I, I just wanted to wait for it. You know, it was actually Gold Standard before we walked in here, and this is what he brings. Gold Standard said, "I don't have a team. I don't like sit there and worry week to week what my team is going to do." But he said, "I wherever Johnny Football goes, I'm locked on watching him week to week." And I think what it brings is that interest level that a team like Cleveland or, or another team like Jacksonville, whatever, does not have on any level. But right d- now. don't you have a team? I do like the Packers. Well, but, but, I, but as I was saying, I've I've sort of evolved in my fandom into this mm. sad person who follows players more than teams. No, so while I sad. pull for the Packers, I definitely have a vested interest in sort of the excitement factor that Johnny Football brings. And by the way, we have a, a, a direct connection to the people that operate the homepage of NFL.com who come up with the headlines. As soon as we finish recording, I'm going to go downstairs and talk to Patrick Crawley and tell him, if the Browns take Manziel, headline, factory of gladness. (laughs) Bang. Home run. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Barnum and Bailey over here. By the way, if the Browns don't get uh, Johnny Manziel, Mark, I want you to know that Vince Young is getting a tryout with your Cleveland Browns. Ray Farmer confirmed the report earlier today that the former Tennessee Titans and other teams quarterback will have a physical with the team on Monday and then we'll have essentially a tryout this week. Uh, Tyler Thigpen will also be in the mix. So, of course, this is a Browns team that has only Brian Hoyer, who's coming back from an ACL, working hard in that pool. And then, Mark, your favorite, the trick shot artist, Alec Tanny, are the only two QBs <laughs> on the roster right now. So, Vince Young. Greg is a... Closet Vince Young fan. That's not a. I'm not a closet. Come out, Mark. Come on one, out, bro. One, you know, every single time I would write about him, I would just say I'm I'm the last member of the Vince Young fan club last year, and you know this was his last best chance in Buffalo, and then it was his last best chance in Green Bay. So he's had a lot of last best chances. This makes me think, though. You know, Ray Farmer was talking about Johnny Manziel, not your typical in the box 
quarterback, he's a little more eclectic. Well, Tyler Thigpen and Vince Young, are that's saying something specific. I know it's only tryout guys, and they'll probably sign one of the two, you would think, that, that that's in there this week. That's one type of quarterback. That's a Johnny Manziel type of quarterback. Well, when you have, when you have Kyle Shanahan as your coordinator, Thigpen, to me, connects the dots on they're going to continue to run the pistol. Because that's one of the earliest NFL guys that ran the pistol for Kansas City dating back years ago. And Vince Young would certainly He'd fit in the fine option too. where you're on the move. So. Someone suggested, is Brian Hoyer draft day trade bait? Not for much, but maybe they clean him out of town. I can't see them getting even a seventh-round pick no. for Brian Hoyer. Coming I off an ACL injury. And I think Vince Young is a better quarterback than Brian Hoyer. Ooh. Well, he's certainly done more in his career. And it, I thought Green Bay should have hung on to I him last too. year. It what? seems a little odd that Young could not has not been able to catch on with the team. He hasn't taken a s- meaningful snap since the 2011 season. But I think some of that went back to that bankruptcy stuff he had hanging over him. He admitted it well, himself. It goes back even further than that when he had psychological problems and was talking about killing himself. Well, that was years but ago he's now. Got, but he got chances. He got one with Chan Gailey in Buffalo where they wanted him to succeed, and he didn't. And he had a chance with the Packers just to be a well, backup, and he, and he couldn't get it done. I will, and I'm a big fan of Vince Young. The Buffalo chance was legitimate. It sounded like, and they even I feel like Mike McCarthy said after they released him, that he just didn't have enough time. It, it just wasn't – the timing wasn't right. I don't know. I mean, the guy, the guy is a two-time Pro Bowler, former Offensive Rookie of the Year – you file it under where does the time go because he's turning 31 next month, which is really shocking to think about that. But uh, he should be—he should have a job. Come on. He, he's not like the, in the Tim top Tebow 60. Tim Tebow should have a job too. I love that we're living in a world now where Vince Young, week one Brown starter, is at least on the well, table. it's better it's than Rex play. Grossman. I agree with you. That's way better than Rex Grossman. Actually, it is promising sign that Rex Grossman will not have a job in Cleveland, Ooh. which, listen, it's Monday. Things are, we are sure? good. That's a good point. Just saying, if you're bringing all these other guys in and Rex Grossman isn't one of them, hmm. at least if one of these guys win it, he is stay- he's staying out of Ohio for now. That's good enough he's for me. He's like Will Purdue. They're saving him for later. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> all right, let's talk some more quarterbacks. Texans owner Bob McNair has hinted that the rookie Texans QB that's sure to come on the roster would sit at first. Um, that's a reference to, of course, David Carr. Back in 2002, the first pick the franchise ever had, an immediate starter, and took a savage beating that, you know, I don't think his career ever recovered from the beating he took. So here's what McNair says now, uh, 12 years later. I think the main thing I look back on is that we should have had a veteran quarterback in there. We should have let him start at, start the season and let David learn what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. So you, it doesn't, there's, you don't really have to read between the lines. Whoever they draft in the first round, is not starting immediately, or well, whoever not, they draft. What I, yeah, what I take from this is they're not drafting anybody in the first round because number one overall draft pick quarterbacks don't sit anymore. That's mm. right. Not in today's NFL. And also, that seems like an apples and oranges comparison. They put David Carr behind an expansion offensive line. That's a much different story. I, I hate all this hindsight stuff, though. David Carr would have never been a good NFL quarterback. Didn't matter what situation he was put in or what team he was drafted by. And, and by that, I mean a top 10 guy that gets a huge second contract type of quarterback. It's kind of like saying they didn't have enough time for Vince Young last year. Well, if he was a great player that is one of the 20 best quarterbacks in the world, that would have been enough time. He could have made he could have made the Packers and beaten out Seneca Wallace as a backup. So to me, you shouldn't draw some big conclusions because David Carr wasn't very good. He wasn't good when he went to other teams either. And it's complete and utter wind because... McNair, months ago, 
is calling Houston a team that last year was a mirage. They are a playoff-ready team, and that's the way they're viewing their offseason. And what would concern me is that this actually was an edict from up on high where Bill O'Brien isn't the guy making week-to-week decisions about what to do with a court. You tell me if they ever took Johnny football, that week eight, you're going to have to continue to sell the fan base. You're going to get 16 weeks from Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> if no. they took Johnny football, he'd start week one. Thank you. No matter what the owner says. I wonder who's making the decision here on the number one pick. Is it Rick Smith or is it Bill O'Brien choosing a quarterback? I mean, in theory, they're combining. To right. do, or or is McNair involved? Probably not. Uh, sounds I'll like just, he is. I'd like to just poll you guys quickly. Texans, are they the first pick? Are they picking first next Thursday? Why not? <laughs> well, they could trade the pick. Oh, yeah, I think they'll. Pick I thought first. that was, you were asking for information. Yes, like, yeah. they, they hold the first. <laughs> How did they pick. do last year? <laughs> I think they will keep the pick. That would be my guess. And I think they are game to trade it. It's going to take a lot, though. Yes so, or no, Mark? I, I think they're going to keep it, but they'd like to trade it. They're going to keep it. Though. All right, I like that. I'm always taking the field. It's my thing. You love taking the field. Which one is the field here? Well, that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just think on that one, Greg. All right. And finally, speaking of the Texans' number one pick and the chance that they trade it, the Atlanta Falcons uh, continue to explore all trade possibilities as the draft approaches. This according to NFL media insider Ian uh, Rappaport, who reports, according to sources familiar with the Falcons' thinking, it's becoming – less likely that the Falcons actually pick at that number six slot and they will move. Now, what we don't know yet is whether they're going to move up or down, but they potentially could move all the way up to one. They have actually worked, they've worked out uh, Jadavian Clowney. So that's in play. That's where we are right now. If I was like sitting there waiting to make a bold move, I probably wouldn't tell Ian, Ian Rappaport about it. Yeah. And they really said they're strongly looking at moving up. Was was more of the talk that it w- could possibly be for Clowney, but there was some other talk that maybe it's not to the one spot, maybe it's to two, three, or four, even four. So that makes you think, well, maybe they're not looking at Clowney. Maybe it's the second best pass rusher in this draft, Khalil Mack. Maybe he's the best pass rusher. In right, the, the second drafted one. I should and say, we have a likely. we have a good source, Greg Cosell, who was on the podcast Friday, who said that Khalil Mack, not Jadavian Clowney is the best prospect in this draft. Thomas Dimitrov is one of the boldest general managers in the league. But he's at a much different window right now than he was when he pulled off the Julio Jones trade. The Julio Jones trade made sense because they needed playmakers and they had a roster that could go to the Super Bowl theoretically. They just needed that one last piece. They don't need one last piece here. They need depth all over the roster. I don't Mm. buy that they're going to give up a bunch of draft picks to move up. Is their roster any worse now than it was a couple years ago? Yeah, where do they have depth on that roster? I mean, at any position. It's fair. I thought Kevin Patcher, by the way, put it well in the post we had on Monday morning because Ian also reported that they can consider dropping back in the draft. So uh, Kevin wrote, so we're clear the Falcons could move up to number one overall and take Clowney. They could also move up to the two, three, or four spots, and they could also move back into the top ten. So, uh, you know, we don't know. That's draft season in a nutshell. And last Nobody off knows season, they remember there were tons of whispers about the Falcons saying we'd happily move up or down last year too. Mm. So I, this is how they operate. But we've seen them swing for the fences with Julio Jones, so I wouldn't put him past him. Well, they've got a little bit of depth, I guess, at cornerback. Re- maybe not depth, but they just drafted two pretty good ones. Then they got nobody behind them. I guess I would argue a couple years ago 
there was really no different. Their team wasn't that much different than it is now. They didn't now. have major they, glaring weak spots like now they do on the offensive line, on the defensive line. Well, at pass rusher anyway. They in got, hindsight, they did because their offensive line has stunk and their defense has been mediocre to poor. Their offensive line was fine when they made the trade. Right. They, they wanted a pass rusher then. last offseason very badly, and Umanyora is an aging fill-in candidate right there. They never went and got that guy they wanted. This is, I think, their viewing. If Clowney is that difference maker, he is for the defense what Jones would be for their offense. Just say yeah, but they're just not. Say it. He's in, a dinosaur. That's what you're trying to say. About they're Elsie. not in, in a championship window right now. They can't afford to do that. They must feel different than that. They must. They must feel Why? that they're in a championship window every year with Matt Ryan in this team. Why do you think they must feel different? Because there's a report out? and, the, and that, scientists. And that all of a sudden teams are telling reporters everything they're going to do in the draft? No, I don't put much stock into anything coming out of any GM's mouth privately or publicly that includes Ray Farmer, includes Dimitrov. It, does, it doesn't matter, as uh, it doesn't matter. Dan would say. But... I think the Falcons are a team that view themselves like the Patriots or other top teams in the league, that they have a chance to win the Super Bowl every year and that that's the way they operate. I, that, when, I they have, think, when they I have Matt Ryan so. in their prime, Mark. I think that's how they see themselves. Why well, won't they? Well, coming off a season where they've won I, 12 games I think half the time. their decision makers are smart enough to look at their defense and say, no, this is not a championship caliber defense. And to look at their offensive line and say, we have holes here that need to be filled. It's not I don't think that different from a defense that came within careful, a play Mark. of going to the Super Bowl. It sure is. They should have known that it's, last year then. The defense was lousy last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is what they're dealing with, a lousy defense. <laughs> Stop fighting, guys. Come on. Let's be friends. <laughs> I'm in a discussion over here. Oh, it's a discussion. I think so. Oh, okay. I apologize. No blow Unless it boils into something other. As long as there's... I just seemed to get it. I felt the temperature rising in the room. That's all. As long as Rex Grossman isn't brought up, we're, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so speaking of the Falcons, yeah, they, it would be a surprise if they move all the way up to one. Uh, maybe people will have said they saw it by then, but it's still a surprise if they make that big play. So why don't we talk about other teams that could surprise in the draft? I guess maybe we'll focus it for now because that's where the, the real salacious juiciness is, is Thursday night, <laughs> round one. And I thought... We thought, we spoke about this downstairs, why don't we go around the room, name, throw out one potential scenario mm. that, I don't know, maybe not that you're predicting necessarily, but... Would be a surprise. It's a surprise. There. It's out there and it, it makes some sense to you and, you know. So why don't we start? Salacious juiciness, by the way, was uh, <laughs> a film I saw playing like 1.30 in the morning on Skinamax uh, last weekend. I thought it was like Good a tag use of team. Your time. Yeah, a tag team from Glow. The you gorgeous want Dan to wrestling. step his game up? What are you doing with your weekends? Sounds bizarre. Uh, Chris Wessling, the mad scientist, the mailman. Why don't you start us off? Throw something at it. Well, let me start by saying that Sammy Watkins to the Bucks makes more sense to me than any match in the entire draft, and it should happen. But I think the Bucks. It, it seems like they might just take a quarterback there. They've been talking about it. Lovey Smith talked about it. There's been reports that they like Johnny Football. And they certainly don't like Mike Glennon. Made that clear. Yeah, I mean, they've made that clear in everything they've done since since Lovey Smith came in. That that guy is trade bait, I think. So, I, yeah, to me, I think it's interesting to see what the Bucks do at number seven, whether they go wide receiver or quarterback. Hmm. Maybe they were listening to when Dan uh, – used to really go after Mike Glennon's 
ability to dance, was it? You thought he would come in last in some sort if, of coordination contest? Yeah, if there was, well, not coordination. I'm sure his hand-eye coordination is quite above average. But his <laughs> ability to uh, dance in rhythm, right. if there were a contest <laughs> of NFL players, he would make Eli Manning look like Michael Jackson circa <laughs> 1987. So he's like the Mark Madsen of the NFL? He <laughs> would make Mark Madsen look like Bruno Mars. I mean, No way. This is what we're dealing with with Mike Glennon. Poor Glennon. This is he, a high-level athlete. Actually, he's he's very good avoiving pressure and throwing. Actually, he's actually dancing he's light in the pocket and dancing in rhythm <laughs> to some type of uh, hip hop or young M. Uh, what's his, what's his <laughs> name? Young MC. DJ Easy Rock. DJ DJ Easy Rock. Shout out to heaven. Uh, that's a totally different scenario than you know evading a pass rusher. That's all I'm saying. You know a lot about dancing. Well, I, I'm not saying that well, uh, brought, I'm an expert, but, uh, you know. They brought in Josh McCown, who I imagine is a great dancer. I mean, he's he's good at dunking basketballs. I just have a feeling. Yeah, that's possible. Mark, your turn. <laughs> what's that code? Follow I don't know up, what's Mark. happened here, but, uh, you know, you you mentioned Sammy Watkins, and I'm just going to try to dig us out of the, hey, no. the, Mark warming the up deep the machine. pit that we've all fell into. <laughs> I, I think that the Bucks logically are an excellent match with Watkins. I don't think he ever gets to number seven. So if they're going to trade up, maybe it's for someone like that. But I think Detroit, who has talked a blue streak about Watkins for weeks, they bring him in for a visit. The owner sits down and meets with him. I mean, they've given him the full-on treatment where they're at number 10. There's no way they get him at number 10. So unless – why would you – try to position yourself as a team that's going to trade up, showing that you're desperate for a guy, unless you're really, really that into this dude. I think the Detroit Lions want to get out of the situation they've been in the past few years where you had Megatron and no one else. You've now got Golden Tate. That's an outstanding duo right there. You put Watkins into that, and Stafford has no more excuses. This this Jim Caldwell coaching hire was brought in to change this offense. Watkins... Puts them at an elite. You talk about the Redskins as maybe the number one receiving core right now. If you added Watkins to Megatron and Golden Tate, so that's my number one. So the missing piece in Detroit is playmakers and scoring points and moving down the field. That's where I don't get this one. I'm with you on this. I don't buy it. You didn't spend $30 million on Golden Tate to make him your third or fourth option in the passing game. I, or fifth option, whatever. I don't know. They still have major problems on defense. I don't get why they would trade up for a wide receiver. I'm not saying it's their only need. But I think what they're looking at is in the way the game is today, we're going to overload in the passing game. We're going to give our franchise quarterback not only a ton of targets, but Megatron's not going to be around for another 25 years either. We've got, we're, we're continuing to grow this position. Is it their number one need? I don't know. But he's, if it's the player they fall in love with, we see that happen all the time. You don't draft for need. It's part of the reason why this draft sets up to be one of the most exciting that we've seen in the last five or ten years because there's so many guys in the top ten that in normal drafts would be the guy you trade up for. Sammy Watkins is one of those guys. Cosell said some some guys in the NFL think he is the best wide receiver prospect since Calvin Johnson. And there's other people that think Greg Robinson is the most talented tackle prospect in five years. And you go through the positions, and there's so many guys that make sense to move up for from ten to two or ten to three. Watkins is definitely one of those guys. It would be fun. It'll be interesting if they if they ever did that and they they stacked all around Stafford and then Stafford had another season similar to this past season. You wonder how much heat would start going under that guy. He on he and Sam Bradford would be on a small tiny boat sailed out to the <clears> ocean. 
it's over, baby. All right, I'll I'll do mine next. I Wes is going to go nuts when I talk about this one because I know this is not something Wes is behind. But I have a feeling, in spite of all their <laughs> other issues, that and this is not an original thought per se because I know it's out there in other realms. But the Dallas Cowboys and Johnny Football are a match on multiple levels to me. I don't buy into Caleb Haney or Brandon Whedon. <laughs> I don't think Kyle Orton is, uh, you know, they don't even know if he's coming back. We have a starting quarterback who's 34 years old and coming off a second back surgery. You talk about the Cowboys need needs all over the field. Quarterback's a huge need. They they like to make a splash. Jerry Jones, it's Jerry World. We got to bring people into the seats for the next 10, 15 years. Johnny Football in play, potentially. I know they're picking when? Pick 18? No, that's a Jets. The Cowboys are at 16. I He might last that long, but I, I would think that they would even read the tea leaves and maybe make a move to move up if they think they can go get him. My favorite annual tradition in the NFL is the Bengals losing on the opening Saturday of the playoffs. But my <laughs> second favorite annual tradition is which iteration of the Cowboys are going to trade up to draft a quarterback to replace Romo which has been going on for at least four or five years now. I remember when they were going to trade up to draft Cam Newton because Romo was going to be replaced. This is every year. It's a different quarterback yeah, that but, they supposedly love, and they just handed Romo like $20 million a year. But that was silly when – I don't even remember the Cam Newton thing. I trust you. But, like, obviously you weren't going to do it when Romo was 29 and was was still an ascendant player. But now he's older, and Johnny Manziel is not like any other – QB prospect. He's a guy that comes with a lot of glitz and glamour, and I think Jerry is attracted to that. So I think while they they need to fix a lot of different places, this is not. One other point about the Cowboys. I want to I want to say that Demarcus Ware letting him leave. Um, the fact that a lot of people see the Cowboys as a team that's not close to winning. What if the Cowboys aren't stupid and they see that as well, and they're going to start looking toward the future now? And dra- drafting yeah, because Manziel Jerry would be Jones has come out and said we are ready to win. We, we're a playoff contender. Well, because they just gave Tony Romo all sorts of guaranteed money. That's his, the biggest his base issue. salary this year. The huge signing bonus. He's due seventeen million dollars this year. If you cut or trade it, you could trade him in theory. But if you cut Tony Romo, you're taking a monster cap hit that they couldn't. They're committed. You said it was a need. Quarterback is the last need. They have a great player at quarterback. Why are why, why have the Cowboys gone eight and eight in each of the past three years instead of eleven and five? Because defense. Because they get injured and they have no one to back them up. They are the shallowest roster in the NFL. They they never have anyone to back up their stars. They're a very star heavy team. And if you if you trade up for Johnny Football. There's more draft picks. You're surrendering. You're surrendering. You don't have depth again. I'll ask you this then, and you're making a lot of sense. But if God if forbid we're at pick fifteen, <laughs> right? We're at pick fifteen, and the Cowboys are up next, and Manziel's still on the board. The fifteenth pick is made. Manziel's still on the board. Are you shocked at that point if they took Johnny yes. Manziel? Yes, because of the money be. invested. And because next year's quarterback class is supposed to be even better, they always say they said that about this class. I, I know it's another annual tradition. Yeah, I don't. You could you could draft him and then trade him. <laughs> that always works out well. <laughs> well, it, I, listen, I, I think that I think that Romo is not getting any younger. But the way that the it's one situation where when Jerry Jones speaks glowingly of Tony Romo, I believe it. I think he really does think that Tony Romo is the kind of quarterback that. Of course he does. He put his money where his mouth was. I think so, too. And that's, I think the money is the issue that 
prevents this. All right, Greg. Yes, Dan? Greg, what is your choice of the team that could surprise? Well, I'm not going to go with a specific team or a specific player. I'm just going to say something that could happen in the first round, and that's only two quarterbacks get drafted. Maybe it's not going to be a shock, but we've seen four or five in some of these mocks. I think Bortles and Manziel both go early. Manziel's not lasting to 16. They're both gone in the top 10, maybe top 7. But that's it. There's none of this trading back into the first round, and there's none of this second crop of quarterbacks that gets everyone so excited that you got to take them there. I think there's such great depth of this quarterback class that just like last year, the quarterbacks will all go later than people thought. Everyone thought Geno would go earlier, other quarterbacks. And teams are smart. They'll wait. They'll take the better players first. So Bridgewater's second round? He would be second round. Everyone's second round. Would you see him being the first one to go in the second round? I'd like to think so. I like the sound of him, but I'm, I'm no draft, draft expert. I could see Derek Carr being the third quarterback off the board. Is there a such thing as a draft expert? NFL Films executive <laughs> Greg Cosell. I don't know. It's like being a fantasy football expert. Quarterbacks are the toughest things to project in these drafts. People get so wrong. No one had Ponder or Locker anywhere near the top 12. Uh, no one had Tim Tebow going ahead of Jimmy Clausen. That was a stunner at the time. That Tebow went in the sure. first round. People thought Clawson was was a lock for the first. So usually the quarterbacks tend to go a little later, but it's always a surprise. That would set up a second round where I think would be an outrageous second round where there's a massive run on signal callers. You got maybe five, six, seven go in the first fifteen, sixteen picks, and that'd be fun. Be good for our Friday midday speculation articles, which we'll be pounding out on the Lake site. <laughs> Guitar solo. <laughs> um, all right, before we go, why don't we hit the mailbag, as we promised. The gold standard, does that sound like a good idea to you? I would love to do that. Thank you. All right, so good. compliant. If he, if he said no, Dan, that's not We'd a good idea. We'd shut it down. We'd walk out. Got it. Because we trust him implicitly. Appreciate that. Here we go. We'll start out with NFL Brit View. So many listeners... Shout out to the Europeans that listen listen to our show, show and the Australians and really everywhere, everywhere around the globe. Thanks, guys. Fair, right? While we're Very on fair. that, why don't we just talk about the map now? Oh, yeah. Why don't you hit that? I'm getting a lot of questions about our listener map, which, you know, has been delayed longer than I expected because <laughs> of the logistics of the studio. We had the map. We had the pins. We had it all set up to put up, and the map would not stick in the wall. So we had to buy a cork board. That finally arrived. So now we're probably Listeners waiting. Listeners clicking away this in droves like right now. Inside the Beltway red tape <laughs> hit this thing. Well, I, a lot of people are asking, so I'm telling you, we've got everything now, and once the draft is over, then I can put, pull it, my spreadsheet out, pull all the pins in, and we'll take a picture and send it out. Yeah, so don't worry. Wes still has everyone that's sent in to us where they are. It's still logged in somewhere in some supercomputer in Wes's laboratory, and we have the materials. I have a corkboard right behind me right here. That was purchased uh, using the ATL account by the boss or by his own personal spending account, which was quite kind. Oh, yeah. Big money that thing cost. <laughs> I'm going to be in debt for a while. Yeah. So I guess, Wes, what you're saying is this is going to get done. It's just it's become more of a process. It's than not a imagined. motivational issue for you. You haven't lost interest in this pursuit. I have plenty of interest okay. in this pursuit. <laughs> just want to check. All right. So at NFL Brit View tweets, and this is interesting. I like this one. Can I join the go get my lunch 
bets with this. The last part there was supposed to be implied. Oh. The Cowboys get no more than three wins. Ooh. Mm. Is he willing to eat his softball pants? <laughs> no, this is a sandwich bet. Oh. So this would be... So we would have to send him sandwiches if we lose. I'm in. And he would have to say, yeah, I would take that. I'll take that. He would have to send us a sandwich. Well, we, we can work on that later. Because yeah. I would We're definitely take the over. Away. We're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you, with Tony Romo quarterback, you're going to win more, more than, than three, three wins. It's so usually a quarterback wins. thing. I, maybe he's yeah. predicting another Tony Romo back injury or something. Well, that's well then you got Johnny Football coming in right behind <laughs> him. So then we're all set. Kansas so, is here. Four wins, four wins. Yeah, we will all take you up on this NFL Brit view. Um, if you are man enough to man up, if it doesn't go it sounds your like way. he already has. Yeah, I think I want one of those banh mi sandwiches from the restaurant about a mile down. It's delicious. Yeah, don't be giving us any bangers and you're going to get a sandwich <laughs> sent sea mail from Britain. Well, he can just order <laughs> delivery through that might be easier. place around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Do they still have sea mail? <laughs> what is sea mail? It's a low level book rate mailing where you'd send it on a boat. You're always <laughs> it always goes back to the the water for you, Mark. Yeah. You might in another of, life you must have been like a, a marine merchant or something. Chris noticed it that in <laughs> that in many of your posts there's analogies to men adrift at sea on <laughs> <laughs> little I don't know what you would call it. I think it. it's apt. <laughs> uh here's a draft question from Patrick Cop at Patrick Cop. Um, obviously a Colts fan. What direction do you think the Colts should go with their pick in the second round? Of course, they don't have a first-round pick because of Trent Richardson. Where would you go if you were a Colts team that's right at the bubble of becoming a real contender? Where do they have to address right now? That team needs a safety. They need a center, too. They do need a center. They need everything on defense. What do they have on defense that... You're like, eh, they're set there. They need outside linebacker. Don't, don't need another we one of those so, pass rushers. Same, don't need another Patrick has so many directions right now. They are set at defensive end. I don't even think that's true. But they've got Arthur Jones now. Well, Corey Reddy. Ricky Jean-Francois. Well, they weren't in love. Well, Warner last year at outside right. linebacker wasn't perfect. You, got, you need that. But for me, you lose Antoine to the 49ers. You need a safety. All right, I take it back. They're set at defensive end. So yep. any defensive position... Except defensive end. Yeah. You need a cornerback. Yep. Really anything. They're a lousy defense. Yeah, you guys, you're talking them up like they're not a very good team at all. You, they're a lousy defense. They, they, they have a they're, lot of depth issues on defense no, at every level. When LeGarrette Blunt has the game of his career against you, you've got some problems. When, when <laughs> Alex Smith puts up 45 in a playoff game, I mean, they're a pretty bad defense, and Pagano's supposed to be a defensive coach. I got this tweet from David Mobley at Saints 63213. Uh, immediately I marked it, and I'll, I'll show the guys that for Mark because I thought this was right in his skill set. Can you name the top ten small school guys and what team's interest <laughs> slash best fit? Mark? Oi. I felt like that was right in your wheelhouse. Uh, I'm very high on Troy's uh, young linebacker from Troy. DeMarcus Ware? No, no, no. Oh. This is they've – call- they've made that comparison – William Galuby. <laughs> yep. A late, Sounds like an assassin from the 1950s. Potential late-round nugget. Put on your Nolan Naraki hat here and give me a little breakdown of some of the there strengths. There are concerns. Character assassinate him. Well, no, it's not that it's his character, <laughs> but he is easily swayed because he lives uh, in a house 
full of essentially novelists and poets, and they're trying to sway him away from football. By the sea? This is like, no, he literally has other things that are more important to him than football. So this is some sort of writer workshop, like commune? It is a workshop at times, but really they do everything together, shared Hmm. meals. Can you be sued for this? This level of lying? I'm just saying. This kind of like those silicon. If you can get this guy to focus on football, you have a potential steal in the third or fourth round. I thought it was Martin Burge who had that scattering report. (laughs) as As a reader, though, do you think the world might be losing more if he steps away from the arts That's and letters. That's his personal struggle. I don't know. Okay. Uh, here's a question. I can answer this one. Thank you, Mark. I knew I could trust you. <laughs> that was special. Um, moving forward, I'll answer this one. Can we have a... This is from da- Darag or Darag Robinson at Drisby23. Can we have a soccer quiz for all the guys in studio orchestrated by the gold standard? The answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have ratings on these things, but if we did, I don't think we don't that would delve be a, out of our wheelhouse. I, and Zach, you know that is not a slight at you. It just it's not going to happen on this show. I completely understand, but there will come a day when the people will revolt, <laughs> and you're going to have to deal with those consequences. And yeah, and I don't want to get because I always get a couple tweets whenever there's something soccer related, whether it's writing about it on the blog, on the site, or doing the podcast. There's no problem with soccer here. We like soccer. We like soccer. I can't wait for the World Cup. I love watching the USA getting up early and going to a bar, having some suds. But I'm not fanatical about it. And I think everyone agrees with That's that. Right? There's only room enough in our lives for one sport. One football. I think what you really like is the suds part of that equation. <clears throat> yeah. the uh, <laughs> It is fun. If you've ever gone to a bar at 6 a.m. Yeah. and the bar is filled with people... It's a pretty fun Usually experience. Usually I'm still in the bar at 6 a.m. <laughs> well, that's a different <laughs> no. bar experience. And finally, this is from a longtime listener and a good man, Neil Dutton at ndutton13. And this is a thinker, fellas. This will be our last one. Who, out of all the football people you guys have met, has been the most different from his public persona? I will jump in right away. Uh, Brandon Marshall was a delight when he came in the studio. I don't know if he, that makes him much different than his persona, because I feel like he has, you know, now that he's um, kind of gotten his life on track, get, there's a lot of rave reviews about who he is as a person. When he was in here, he was funny and engaging and was totally into it and was a great dresser, and I enjoyed Brandon Marshall. <laughs> he was good. I can the, the guy that comes to mind quick for me, when I was uh, in my early days here, I got to interview Kellen Winslow, and obviously it heard all the ups and downs about him, and someone specifically in the office IM me and said, look out. I don't think it's a good assignment for you. This guy is <laughs> bad news, and if he starts to get ugly with you, don't feel wrong about just walking out on the interview. So I walked what? over. Well, no, this was someone get, uh, someone who'd been around the block, and I felt kind of concerned. I go in. He was a delight. Very honest answers, willing to answer any question, and a humble guy. I don't know. Completely different from what I was told. Kellen Winslow. Hmm. Wes, anybody for you? I haven't met many football people since doing this job. Uh, that's true. What about Greg? Greg your is exactly what you would think he would be. <laughs> that's good. Is that is that a compliment? <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah Greg's Greg. That sounds like Greg's Greg. Greg's Greg. Greg's going to be well, Greg. Because, no, you guys worked together for years and never oh, met yeah, each other. That's true. That's a good question. Uh, Greg is about what I expected. Yeah. yeah. Right. We yeah. worked together, yeah, four Damn or five years. Praise. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that to be. He is. With, Greg's a smart guy. 
in reverse. Wow, Same in really. reverse. He's a smart guy. Yeah, I, I trust totally. uh, his voice on matters. So yeah, I, Greg is who I thought I, I thought he was. I moved across the country. <laughs> I moved across the country. <laughs> for him. Digging himself out here. <laughs> yeah, I moved that's across right. the country for him. What's All going right, on? that's romantic. <laughs> I think that's um, a good way to end it. But I will say, Brandon Marshall, I'll echo yours. I was a big critic of his for a long time for his off the field activities. And he struck me when he sat here as a man who was in a very good place in his life, who's had to come to reach some not too pleasurable, not too pleasant conclusions about his own life and had to change things. And he did. Mm. And finally, Greg Rosenthal, a man that's been around the world multiple times. <laughs> that might be an upsell, but, you know, total lie. Uh, David Caldwell. I thought he was just going to be a big raging a-hole. Uh, but he turned out no, I don't. I don't I really. Say. <laughs> uh, no, the first name that came to mind was Devery Henderson, and I couldn't come up with a better answer than that. He doesn't really have a public persona, but he's not the guy that I would have expected to be a quiet team leader that everyone on the team looked to and was fascinated and talked to. And that was the case when I uh, went and covered that Super Bowl, so that stuck out. Devery. and the and the, that is good. And one guy <laughs> I will throw him in just because he's a hero of mine, Joe Namath was exactly what his public persona was, um, non, non-Susie Colbert related. But in terms of, you know, when I met him before the Super Bowl at NFL Honors last year, the guy couldn't have been more nice. And I'll never forget that, you know, he called me by my name and kept eye contact the whole time and was just such a cool dude. And you don't expect that from somebody at that level. So shout out to Joe Namath because I know you're a big listener. <laughs> and that's it. That's it for the podcast. He did try to kiss you, though, right? We do have some (laughs) breaking news, and I know we'll have to be quick about it, but as we leave the podcast studio, we are learning Ian Rappaport's reporting Earl Thomas signing a blockbuster long-term extension will easily be the highest-paid safety in football. He deserves to be. And and look out now because Richard Sherman wants his money, and now they Mm. took care of Earl Thomas first, and we'll see how Richard uh, deals with this. And then next year, Russell Wilson. Right. I don't know if Sherman's going to get his deal in time. Maybe they just let it ride and you franchise him because you got to get the Wilson deal. That's obviously that's a must. They, you speak with your wallet, though. They're saying Thomas is the most valuable guy. They always say that in the press, how he's the MVP in everything he does. And now they're showing it. They're making him the priority over. Sherman. I think he's Deserving. been the key to their defense for a few years now. Earl Thomas is the fastest safety in the game, covers way more ground than any other safety. All right, that was good. Some late-breaking news on the ATL podcast, and now we are out of here. We will be back on Wednesday talk some more draft and anything that's going on in the NFL world. This is Dan Hansen signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, and the gold standard behind the glass. Till Wednesday. Feels like you could eat a picnic off me, doesn't it? <laughs>
Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.